Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing our walk through the book of Isaiah, and we are now in chapter 11. And actually, really, we're going to cover the content of chapters 11 and 12, which is a very short chapter. But we're really just going to read the first 13 verses of chapter 11. Uh, so we're in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, where we read this. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old one. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put his hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. In that day... The Lord will reach out his hand a second time to bring back the remnant of his people, those who remain in Assyria and northern Egypt, in southern Egypt, Ethiopia and Elam, in Babylonia, Hamath, and all the distant coastlands. He will raise a flag among the nations and assemble the exiles of Israel. He will gather the scattered people of Judah from the ends of the earth. Then at last, the jealousy between Israel and Judah will end. They will not be rivals anymore. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Dave, I think this is a verse for which um, that uh, line in Amazing Grace uh, really uh, applies. Uh, Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. Like, let's bring this on. Maranatha, may this come quickly. We certainly do not live in the world that is described here, but uh, look forward and hope to one day when that can be uh, possible. And it comes becomes a possibility, uh, says Isaiah, when this one who is this branch uh, from uh, the tree of David, this shoot from the stump of Jesse, this this uh, holy seed, this Messiah will will rise, and with the spirit of the Lord, and the spirit's going to bring all the tools necessary for him to rule in the way that God intends, the way that Israel has failed. Uh, to lead in the way that the leaders of Israel and Judah have failed to lead their people. He's going to bring wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and reverence for God that will lead to finally a genuine peace and a genuine uh, justice. There, And this is a great uh, vision, too, where it shows that it's really justice that is at the heart of, of peace. You can't have peace without justice. Um, 
there's kind of uh, two things in here, two images that he really brings forward about this kind of peace and justice. One, where these uh, predators become pets. You know, we often shorten it uh, to the lion will lay down with the lamb. It, it doesn't actually say that it's the wolf with the lamb and the lion with the calf and all that. But, you know, people get the idea. You bring it all together. These predators are somehow bets and uh, pets. And then the second part, that this will be not just between humans and, and creation and, and animals with one another, but bringing together the family of humanity as well. Uh, this time there's a signal that goes out to the nations, but unlike before in the judgments, that signal goes out to bring judgment and destruction. These nations come as invaders, the, these outside nations, but here these nations come to uh, live under the rulership of, of the Messiah as well, that the, that God's salvation through the Messiah goes out not just to Israel and Judah, but to the entire world. And then it finishes up, we finished up in verse 13 here, where it doesn't just heal the nations as a whole, but it even heals this kind of bitter rivalry. Like sometimes it's inter-sibling rivalry that's the worst and hardest to heal. And, and this rivalry between the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel, this 200 years of animosity and civil war will finally be healed, and it's going to take the Messiah uh, to do that. Uh, but all that to say, um, this picture really is almost like a, a bookend to a small section of Isaiah, where you could really see these first 11 chapters as being kind of like an outline for, for the rest of the book in some ways, uh, but specifically about kind of the fight between Judah and Israel, but just how in all these problems as they arise, there's going to be judgment, people are going to be held accountable, but in the end, the only way that real resolution to these problems, and these are big and important problems, the only way real resolution is going to happen is by people uh, having uh, this kind of spirit of the Lord, the same way that the Messiah does, to have this reverence for God, to have wisdom and, and submission to the Lord and all of that. But really, no one's ever really going to do that well enough until the Messiah himself comes to establish this kind of justice. And so this is a, a passage that clearly points to the reign of the Messiah and the type of peace that only the Messiah will be able to bring. And so in any case, uh, Dave, I'm wondering what you see in this, and especially because I know you have some interesting stories about some of the verses here. So, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that are packed in here. I mean, obviously, this is a very familiar uh, refrain. Some of them, I just, some things just strike me as funny. Other people, other things uh, as a little bit more uh, thought-provoking. So my, uh, a bunch of my kids, you know, were adopted uh, after having grown up in a, a, a refugee camp in Uganda. Um, and they had, they've heard all kinds of uh, different, just they have a very different worldview than, than, you know, typical Western kids would uh, have received. And, um, and one of the things that they had as a strong conviction is, and, and actually, I think it, this is part of the basis of it. They have a strong conviction that um, because their tribe is a Christian tribe, literally, they believe that um, snakes were dangerous to adults, but were not dangerous to babies. And so, and they actually had several stories because snakes were around them and they, you know, lived in, in uh, these kind of mud huts where, you know, the snakes would be sliding around and playing with the babies and nobody would care because they knew that snakes would never harm a baby. And, uh, and I just kind of thought, well, that is not consistent with my worldview. Um, and as I read this passage, part of me will say, yeah, this is talking about a time in the future. Uh, a time when all of these inherent hostilities in the world are removed. Uh, but right now, my goodness, we do not live in that time. It's, I mean, you know, uh, talking about the idea that, that, you know, all these nations will be reconciled. 
Uh, and I love just this last line that you read in verse 13. They will not be rivals anymore. Can you imagine the day when Russia and Ukraine are not rivals, where, where Beijing and Taiwan are not rivals, where uh, Republicans and Democrats are not rivals? Can you imagine that world? Uh, I can imagine. It's a dream. It's, it, it's this kind of the longing, I think, that all of us have at a core level. And yet it hasn't arrived yet. And so then I've actually found a story from uh, Uganda of a, a baby who had been uh, eaten by a snake. And I showed it to my kids and they were scandalized. I mean, they were just shocked that this could have possibly happened. And, uh, and I, but I think it did provoke a very interesting discussion about the fact that just like you say, you know, we have this binary view of, uh, hey, when, you know, kind of, Here's how it should be when we're not Christians, and here's how it should be when we are Christians. And, and I think, well, that's actually not the story in the Bible at all. The, 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 you know, God causes the rain to fall and the just and the unjust, the sun to shine and the just and the unjust, uh, that all of us actually experience both the beauty and the brokenness of the present world. And all of us have these longings that will remain unfilled until the coming of the Lord. I think that then goes into a point that you've made a number of times. You talk about how so often in these prophecies, in fact, almost always in these prophecies, there's sort of an immediate short-term fulfillment, you know, for the for the the audience who first heard this prophecy. But but really that's just a kind of a shadow of the the actual subject of this prophecy, which was, you know, many years hence, and in most cases in Isaiah, it is actually talking about Jesus. But I actually think in this particular passage, we are in very much the sort of the same situation we're in league with the people who heard it the first time. Because yes, in some sense, some of these things have been fulfilled. Some of the prophecies about the Messiah have already been fulfilled. We've already seen the resolution of these things. And yet there's some, and not just in this passage, others in Isaiah as well, that are actually talking about when Jesus comes back in glory and brings an end to all things. And then, in fact, you know, inaugurates the the new heaven and the new earth, uh, and these descriptions of what that will be like, and we are not there yet. And so, yes, Jesus fulfills many of these prophecies, and yes, Jesus will fulfill all of these prophecies, but not yet. And we'd be fools to live in this current world, this broken world, in the kind of the illusion that we don't have to worry about these things. Uh, you know, that every time I get sick, if I just pray, it's all going to go away. I'm going to get all better. Uh, you know, you, I can just name it and claim it, you know, send in my tithe and expect to receive 30 fold in cash the next day, you know, send in my tithe and then go play the Powerball. Uh, you, you know, we have these very simplistic ideas as if we already live in the, the kingdom that's to come. Uh, and, you know, theologians, we call that um, over-realized eschatology. It's that Eschatology talks about the things, I think you mentioned this before, the things that, that are to come, right, the, in the, the, the age to come. But over-realized means we, we think a lot of that's already happened that hasn't. Uh, and so I think we need to kind of uh, stand this. Um, I'm going to just, I, I know we're kind of coming to the end of our time, but I want to just point out a couple other things here. Something about what the Messiah will do, which is going to be the evidence of the Holy Spirit in him. Uh, he will delight in obeying the Lord. Yes, that makes sense. He will not judge by appearance, nor make a decision based on hearsay. Um, that one actually speaks to me a lot these days. You know, I, I'm going to be totally transparent that when Trump first started talking about fake news, I kind of dismissed it like, oh, okay, there's a bunch of bluster. But as I spend a lot of time now reading news from 
both sides of the uh, ideological aisle, I, I realize how much of it really is hearsay. Uh, and so I've just got this new policy that whenever anybody describes what a politician has said, what a politician is doing, I'll go back and actually read the words of the politician. I'll read the words of that leader or that celebrity, whoever it is that's being talked about. And when I realize it, when I read it in context, I'm like, my goodness, you, that there's no fair person would have heard that and, and interpreted it this way. Somebody is looking to interpret something a particular way and has twisted this. But I, I think as Christians, we need to be really mindful of that. And I need to be mindful of it. I so often can react in my heart with, with anger or anxiety to hearsay. And I think, goodness gracious, we got to be so careful about that. Uh, and, and then, you know, finally, the verse four, as it continues on, so not making decisions based on hearsay, he will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. Uh, I think that nowadays we fetishize the poor, but we don't give them justice. The thing that Jesus will do that's different is actually bring justice, right? And, and, and that is something that I long for. But I recognize that in our common ways of responding to the poor and the exploited, we rarely do that. We rarely do that. We usually exploit people further for our own ends. Uh, and so that just, that makes me, as you said, makes me long, you know, how long, Lord? <laughs> you know, hasten the day, hasten the day when faith will be sight. It gives me a kind of pain, um a pain about the condition of our current world. And maybe that's a Amen. good thing to, to remember yes, that it is that, that this is, this is we, not we our home. Yeah. We shouldn't be happy with things as they are. That's right. And, and, you know, this is look at the violence going on right now in, in the land of Palestine right now. And it's, it's, we've got a long way to go. Long way to go. Hasten the day when they will not be rivals anymore. Yeah. Amen. John, maybe you could pray for us actually to that end. I would love to. Our good and gracious God, I pray that we would be submitted like the Messiah, submitted to your spirit. Help us to pursue uh, genuine peace and justice motivated out of love and submission to you who are the one who is love incarnate. Lord, we thank you that you have sent the Messiah, that you send Jesus not just 2,000 years ago, but into our lives today. And we look for the day when we will be able to fully experience the power of his love and wisdom and guidance. And until that day, Lord, help us to be faithful to follow in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, hasten the day. And I pray that by the way that we live today and the way that we love today, the way that we obey God today and the way that we care for others, that we will be a part of hastening the day. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow.